Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Good morning, everyone. Everybody give me a woo. All right. All right. Hey, it is Memorial Day. Um, and some of you may be like, oh, that's going to be a short message. No, it's not. Um, you're going to get your money's worth today. Hey, uh, before we get started today, I want to make sure I, I kind of re-emphasize June 10th, uh, Pizza with the Pastors. If you've been coming to Foundations Church and you've never been to Pizza with the Pastors, some people are like, I've been coming for three years and I've never been. Um, this is the best way to explain it. It's speed dating with the pastors. Um, that's just the best way. Um, we just sit down. We get to know you because we, it is really hard. I stand in the lobby, and if you want to talk to me, you may have to wait for a while, but you can talk to me. Um, but <clears throat> we stand in the lobby. We try to meet everybody we can, but it's just really hard as fast as we're growing, which Foundation Church says is a fantastic problem to have. But we want to get to know your story. We want to get to know your name. And so this is that issue. Um, this is that opportunity, I should say, um, that you can come to Pizza with the Pastors. We have childcare. It's free. We don't ask for your firstborn child. We don't, we don't try to set you into this pyramid marketing scheme all of a sudden um, that if you start anyways. Um, but it is just a great way for us to get to meet you and you get to meet us and know more about us in Foundations Church. And so if you want to go to that, you need to sign up like today, this week, because it always fills up early. And as promised, we have really good pizza. No cheap, nasty pizza for Foundations Church. Um, we're making pizza great again. So um, if you are wanting to do that, please sign up. Today we are concluding our series, So You Want to Be Rich. And in this series, we have talked about what God has called us to be rich in. Um, the first part of that is loving one another, um, to love people who are not like us, right? It's really easy to love people who look like you, talk like you, think like you, but God has called us to love our enemies. That's what Jesus talked about. The second week was about being con content and um, that you are enough. Some of you, you always think, man, if I could just be more like this person, if I could just have more talents or more abilities, or if I was a better mom, a better dad, a better person, but God has made you enough. The Bible says in Matthew 5, 5, that you're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you are proud owners of everything that can't be bought. Um, that was our second week. And then last week, we talked about my Money and just that tithing is a starting point. It's not the finish line. Man, we should be the most generous people there are that walk on the planet and that, man, a lot of us, we're tippers, we're not tithers, and that's just the beginning point of it. So if you missed any of the 
knows. Go back, listen to the podcast, watch the video. We would love, love, love uh, for you to get caught up, and you can watch it on our app. We have our own app here at Foundations Church. Just make sure you go to the right Foundations Church, um, because there are a couple, and there's another Foundation Church in Tulsa, which is like, really, come on. Um, You know know what you're doing right there. Um, But... uh, Make sure that you are downloading the correct app um, so that you're getting the correct information because it's got everything on there. But today, I want to talk to us for a little bit about something you and I have heard a lot about um, when it comes to if you've been coming to church for a while, if you've been studying the Word of God for a while. Um, We've heard about it, but I don't know if we really know how to live it out or if we're really good at living it out. Um, And this week, this message has been a timely message for me. It's been a tough message for me. Um, But this week, I want to talk to you about mercy. About mercy. Um, A lot of us, we've heard a lot about grace, but very little about mercy. And one of the main attributes of God and following Christ is all connected to mercy. But before we get into that, Um, There's times I think we forget or we confuse what we should be doing as followers of Christ. Not as perfect, this is not a professional Christian message. Um, If it was, I would be the wrong person to preach that and speak on that. Um, But but what should you and I be doing? What is our role? What are the things that we should be doing as followers of Christ instead of trying to do everything? What is he calling us to do? And the first thing I want us to know is that we've got to know our role and realize it's not just about us. Um, We've got to know what our role is as followers of Christ, and part of understanding that is that we realize it's not just about us. It's a lot bigger than us. Um, I love sports. I'm watching the NBA playoffs. Go Rockets, go Celtics. Um, Anybody, anybody but Golden State Warriors. Anybody, I mean anybody. Um, It could be the Texas Longhorns for all I care. Anybody. But the Golden State Warriors. But anyways, um, and, and one thing you'll notice when people are playing sports is that everybody, if it's a very effective and excellent and productive team, everybody on the court knows what their role is. Not everybody is going to be point guard. Not everybody's going to be a post. Everybody has a role, and everybody understands what their role is to do on the court. And when they do that, and when they understand that, man, those teams are really, really successful. It's the same with football. Not everybody can show up and be the quarterback, right? Because if you're, everybody wants to be quarterback, you got nobody to block, you got nobody to run the ball, and you've got nobody going out for passes. Everybody has to know their role because it takes everyone doing what they should be doing to be really effective. And the church is the same way. And yet somewhere along the line, I really think we kind of forget what our role is. We kind of neglect what our role should be as followers of Christ. And so we kind of really find what our responsibility is for every day of the week instead of just on Sundays and what we should be doing as followers of Christ, and it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 through 20. It says this, God put the world square with himself through the Messiah, through Jesus, giving the world a fresh start by offering forgiveness of sins. And God has given us the task of telling everyone what he is doing. We're Christ's representatives. That's what we are. That is our role. We are Christ's 
representative. Some of you grew up reading the Bible and you heard it as Christ ambassadors. You are repping Jesus Christ. God uses us. Here's the purpose. Here's your work, right? This is what it means to be Christ's representative, is that God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. We're speaking for Christ himself now. Become friends with God. He's already a friend with you. Now, let me define what representative means. To to be a representative means you are standing or speaking for another, especially through delegated authority. I, I love this part of it. One who acts or speaks for another. One who acts or speaks for another. This is what you and I are called to be, is that we act and we speak for Jesus Christ. We are Jesus with skin on in this world. We are Christ's representative. And when you understand you are representing something more than yourself, it changes the way you act and you speak. When you understand you are re- is way bigger than yourself, it changes the way you act and it changes the way you speak. And here's the deal. The way that Jesus set this whole thing up and the way that Paul is talking to the church right now, this isn't a pastoral conference that he's like, okay, pastors, just so you guys know, you all, you, you are Christ, you are the ones that speak and act for Jesus Christ. No, 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 that's, he wasn't just talking to pastors, he wasn't just talking to people who grew up in church, and you know the church lingo, you know how to behave in church, you don't clip your fingernails during service, um, you, you, know, you, know what you, you, to, you know how to get to Habakkuk without the cheat sheet in the front of the Bible, right? Like you know how to get to the hard books of the Bible. He's, he's not talking to those people, he's talking to us. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you're a follower of what they called at that time the way, it wasn't even called Christianity, it's just called the way. If you're a follower of the way, then you understand your role is that you represent Christ everywhere you go. And in that role, you understand it's bigger than just you. And, and, when we understand that, we go back to the text and we understand what he, that means. It means God uses us to persuade men and women to drop their differences and enter into God's work of making things right between them. That my role as a representative of Jesus Christ is not to bring more division to my culture, not to bring more division to my society. And this includes election time. Oh, um, it, is, it is to persuade men and women to drop their differences. And you know what's happened for a lot of churches, and I think we do a fairly decent job of this foundation church, but we can always get better, is that church has become, church in general has become known for what we are against instead of what we are for. 
Because what we're against has become a lot louder than what we are for. Well, we're against this lifestyle and we're against these choices and we're against this political party and we're against this, but we've gotten really quiet about what we are for, that we're for love, that we're for second and third and quadrillion different chances, that we're for mercy and we're for joy and we're for peace and that we're for community and all that got lost over here. And God's saying, no, 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 that, that, I didn't call you to be my defense attorney. I called you to be my representative. I called you to persuade people to, do, to drop their differences. And, and here's the deal about being persuasive is that you and I, we can't be persuasive as, persuasive as long as we're abrasive. We, we can't, you can't extend mercy while you're yelling at somebody, right? I told you I love you, you idiot. No, 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 that's not mercy. That's, that's not mercy. You can't persuade people that there's a better way to live. Man, that there's more to their life than the way they're living it if you're being abrasive. Can, can I tell you, man, people that, that aren't in church that aren't following Jesus Christ, they're going to hopefully, I shouldn't say hopefully, they're going to act like they don't follow Jesus Christ, right? They're going to act like they haven't been in church, and they're doing what people do. And you know what they need? It's not what you want to do. You know what they need you to do? They need you to be Christ's representative. They need you to know your role and realize it's bigger than you. And that you are Jesus with skin onto this culture. It's not just the pastors. It's not just the church leaders. It's us as a church. And it's not just when we're in here. It's when we go out there that we really got to shine like a city on a hill. And we can't be persuasive as long as we're abrasive and we're yelling at everybody what they're doing wrong and how they're living is wrong and everything else. That's not what he's called us to do. He's called us to be his representative. And if you notice, when Jesus was, was walking on this earth, he never made all the sinners mad. He didn't offend all the people that were lost, the tax collectors, the woman that was caught in the act of adultery. Think about that for a second. Um, he, he, didn't, he didn't like offend all these people. He extended grace and mercy and love and second chances and third chances and brought purpose to their life. You know the people he made mad? The religious people who were turning this whole lifestyle of following God and living for God into a club and into a qualification time instead of a grace and a mercy extension time. And you and I, if we can get this part, man, we can really work on mercy. <laughs> you and I are called to be his representative. And if we're going to be his representative, we have to know we are called to be his representative, that we act and we speak for Christ himself, and that it's bigger than us. So how do we work on mercy? Because mercy is a big deal. Mercy is one of the main attributes that it talks about in the Bible when it comes to God. Um, it, it, it's one of those things that that as, follow, as a follower of Christ and, and following Jesus, this is a must-have. The other day, uh, me and Charlie were going to Brahms, and um, as we went there, we were driving through, and we were going to get some ice cream, and, and what we were getting took vanilla ice cream, and we ordered our, 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 we placed our order, I think it was a shake, and they said, I'm sorry, sir, but we're out of vanilla ice cream. 
your ice cream place and you're out of vanilla ice cream. Are, are, you, are, you, are you serious right now? You know, I'm waiting for like a screen to like be like, like I'm waiting to be on a, a TV show to show my reaction. You know, that's, that's what I'm thinking's happening. I'm like, okay, they're gonna catch me being a jerk and I'm gonna be really nice about this right now. Um, and so I'm like, are, are you for real right now? They're like, yeah, all we have is chocolate. I'm like, okay, I guess we're doing chocolate. You know, um, this happened to me when I went to Kentucky Fried Chicken once. And we went in and I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll take a 12 piece Kentucky Fried Chicken dinner to go. And they're like, I'm sorry, we're completely out of chicken. <laughs> Kentucky fried chicken. Okay, I'm just, you know, and, and what they should have in stock. The Brahms manager actually said, you know what, we just didn't realize we were running low on our supply. And can I tell you, I think that's what's happened in church a lot. We don't realize that, that what we should really be about, we've just kind of run low over time. That when it comes to our relationships within our family and with our spouses and with our kids and with our parents, teenagers and college students, when it comes to mercy with our aging parents, adults, when it comes to mercy at work and in church and friends and everywhere we go, that we've just somehow run low. And that's the second thing I'd like to tell you is don't run low on mercy. Man, this is, the, this is the vanilla ice cream of Christianity. This is the Kentucky Fried Chicken of following Jesus is mercy. That don't run low on mercy. Now, some of you, you do something that stresses me out to no end. My wife is one of these people. You are a lightweighter, and, and I didn't say a lightweight, a light waiter. And what I mean is this there are times I will get into Casey's car and I will turn the car on, and all of a sudden I'm checking out all the gauges, and her gauge is like light, like you need gas. And I'm like, <gasps> I've got to tell you, for me, for me, I am the guy when my tank hits a quarter of a tank, I'm looking for a gas station because I need to get gas in my car now because I only have a quarter of a tank. My wife looks at it like, well, I've got a quarter of a tank, you know, and when the light comes on, she's like, well, I've got 50 more miles until I run out, and I'm like, well, what are we going to do next? Start running around as fast as we can while holding knives? I mean, we're getting careless right now. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, kid, here's a stick. Just run as fast as you can, you know, like, what are we, <laughs> we're just being irresponsible right now. What is going on? I don't understand it. I mean, it sends, it literally like, I'm like, mm, get some gas, woman. There's like quick trips all over the place. <sighs> we just want to see how far we can push it, right? Oh, I got a light on. I still go farther. Here's the deal. For some of us, the light has come on in our spiritual life with mercy. You think, oh, I can still push through this relationship. I can still get some mileage out. I haven't blown it too much yet. But you and I aren't called to run low on mercy. In fact, it says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. It says that God is rich in mercy. And if God is rich in mercy, then you and I are called to be rich, not low, in mercy. So how do we have that out? Well, the first thing is this. We've got to understand what it truly means to be merciful. 
Because I've sat in church and I've heard God is a God of mercy, you know, extend mercy, blah, blah, blah. But I never really had a great understanding of what really is, what's, what's it mean to be merciful? Well, here's the definition of what it means to be merciful. Being willing to be compassionate, patient, or self-controlled when subject to annoyance or provocation. Let that sink in, guys. Can I tell you, this, this, this sermon has beat me up all week long. I mean, just kicked my rear. And I don't think there's a, it's a coincidence that we're talking about mercy as we're getting ready to come into summer and all you moms and dads are getting ready to spend more time with your kids. So let's go over this definition one more time. Being willing. You're not just born a merciful person. Oh, some of us say, well, I, I'm just, I just don't have that gifting. No, 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 it's in the gifting. <laughs> Let's wait. Hey, hey, sign me up for that list and excuse too. You know, um, the, it, it, uh, well, that's just not my personality type. I'm a lion. I'm not an otter or a golden retriever. This is not a golden retriever and an otter message today, okay? This is a follower of Christ message. It's being willing. It's a choice to be compassionate, patient, or self-controlled, when <laughs> subject to annoyance or being provoked. Oh, are you kidding me right now, Justin? That's what it means to be merciful. When somebody's annoying the mess out of you, you show mercy. When, when somebody's provoking and they deserve it, right? You're like, no, no, you don't understand, Justin. They deserve it. Not, not like normal deserve it. They really deserve it. No, 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 no. When you're being provoked, it's showing compassion. It's showing self-control. And it's showing patience to that very person. That's mercy, and here's what the Bible says. In Psalms 116, verse 5, it says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. Matthew 5, verse 7, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. A.W. Tozer said this. It says, Mercy is not something God has, but something God is. Can I tell you, that's exactly, you're, you're not called to have mercy. You're called to be mercy in your world and in your relationships. I love what Luke chapter six, verse 36, Jesus talking to his disciples and he says this, be merciful just as your father is merciful. So if this is something we're supposed, be merciful as your father is merciful. If this is something you and I are supposed to be, not just to strangers, but to our family, that we're agents and extensions of mercy, that we are representing mercy to the world that we live in, even though they're annoying us, and you're like, but you don't understand how annoying they are. You and I are called to extend mercy. We're called to extend patience, self-control, and compassion to those people that are provoking and annoying us, how do we do it? Because I hear you say what I've got to have, but how do I do it? The first way you do it is this. You have to take time to look so you can see. You have to take time to look so you can see. So many of us, we have our heads down and we're just busy living our life instead of looking up to see what other people need in their lives. And can I tell you, Christ's life was never about him. 
Jesus' life was never about him, it was constantly about others. And most of the time, we get so busy, we get so busy with our schedules and everything else going on, that we're not taking time to look up so we can see who we need to extend mercy to. It says this in Philippians chapter two, verse three through four, it says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant or more important than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest or your schedules and your to-do list, right? But also to the interest of others. Take time to look so you can see. Because can I tell you this, is that busyness leads to blindness. Busyness leads to blindness when it comes to mercy. And some of us, we're so busy that we're blind to extending mercy to other people because we don't see the need that they have for mercy because we're busy with our schedules, we're busy with our work, we're busy with our family, we're busy with our to-do list, and I've got this, and I've got this, and I'm this type A, and I've got to have it all crossed off before Monday at three o'clock, or I go into a tailspin, how am I gonna get it all done, right? And I'm convinced for a lot of us, Man, Satan isn't going to ruin you with temptation. Satan's not going to, to destroy you with, with falling off the deep end, but he's going to keep you ineffective by keeping you busy. And keeping you busy with what doesn't really matter eternally. Because I got to be honest, if you care, you'll be aware. If you care, you'll be aware. You will take interest in the lives of others. And that's what this verse is saying, is that take time to consider other people, other people's needs, what other people are lacking in their life, and extend mercy to them. Show interest in them, put them ahead of yourself. But here's the other part of that about looking so you can see, is you can't look out for others if you're busy looking down on others. You can't look out for others if you're busy looking down on others. Um, anytime we go to the store, Casey goes to the grocery store and she puts groceries in the pantry. Never fails. This happens once a week at my house. I'll walk into the pantry. I'm like, hey, Casey, where are the chips? And she's like, in the pantry. I'm like, no, I, I don't see them. Chad Craig, you're going to understand this point so well right now. When Casey puts groceries in, she turns into a dwarf and she puts them all on the lower shelves. I'm like... Who, who, puts, who puts chips down here? Like, put like healthy stuff down here, like quinoa or kale chips or something, but don't put like stuff people want to eat down here where nobody else can see it. I can't, I can't see from up here. You got to put it up here, right? Like, you got to put it up where normal people <laughs> can see it and not just, this isn't just a little people's world today, okay? Live up Philippians, okay? Be considerate of other people. Um, It's funny, when we got married, Casey was like, why are the pictures so high? Because I was hanging them up eye level. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I hung pictures, girl. What are you talking about? Look at that picture. It's straight and everything. (laughs) Here's the deal. I can't see what I need to see because I'm busy looking down instead of through. And many of us, we are so busy looking down on people's situation and their life choices and decisions that they have made that you can't show mercy because you're so busy looking down at them instead of through their perspective and through their life. 
And can I tell you, if you're going to be a person and a representative of mercy, you can't extend mercy if you're busy looking down. You can only extend mercy if you're looking through. And that's why Jesus hung out with the sinners, I'm convinced. That's why he hung out with Zacchaeus, who everybody hated his guts. But he went to his house and he looked through a situation and what happened, lives were transformed when mercy was extended. And if you and I are going to see lives continually change, if we're gonna be found people that find people, it doesn't happen when we're looking down but it happens when we extend mercy because we're looking through their perspective. The other thing that keeps us from extending mercy is that we have to understand you can't be consist- consistently merciful if you're constantly offended. You can't be consistently merciful if you're constantly getting your feelings hurt. Let's talk this through a little bit. We live in a sissified culture right now, right? You can't say one thing. Somebody doesn't get the, oh, that hurt my feelings. Well, suck it up, Nancy. Um, it's just part of it. Like, let's, and I got to tell you, we're some of the, well, that church hurt my feelings. That pastor didn't invite me to this. That, that, that small group leader didn't do this for me. And they, they brought me, I, I remember one person leaving church because somebody dared to bring them Kentucky Fried Chicken instead of making a home-cooked meal. Well, that just hurt my feelings. I'm like, wait a second. Wait, where do we get off track? And you can't consistently extend mercy if you're constantly getting offended. Do you know what it means to be offended? Offense means to take the bait. It means to take the bait, to go ahead and choose to be offended. And here's what James said. The brother of Jesus, who was a skeptic until the resurrection, James chapter 3, verse 17 through 18 says this, but the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It's also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. Sounds a lot like mercy. It's full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. That's what we're called to live out. Man, I want James 3, 17 and 18 to be a reality for my life. But if you and I are constantly getting offended. We're constantly taking the bait. If we're constantly taking the bait and getting offended, we're inconsistent in extending mercy because getting offended is all about you and showing mercy is all about them. So what's your life made up? Is it made up of offense about me or is it about extending mercy, which is about them? There's three situations that really seem to get offended very easily. And the first one is high-maintenance people, right? And you say, well, I'm high-maintenance. Can I tell you, that's not a good thing. If you're dating someone and they say they're high-maintenance, run. Run now. You don't have to have an explanation. Just run, baby. Like, only if you're dating. Now, if you are married to it, you're going to have to deal with it and function through that high-maintenance But if you're dating, man, that is gold advice for you right now. Run, baby, run. And I'm not talking about ladies either. There's a lot of high-maintenance men. (laughs) Hey, I can admit my weaknesses. But here's the deal. When when we become high-maintenance, when we 
go through life based on our feelings, the way I feel about stuff, you're going to get your feelings hurt all the time because you didn't get a specific invite from that person, even though they said, hey, everybody, let's go to lunch, right? You, you are going to need somebody to baby you and st- because it's all about you. But that's not what James 3 is saying. Say, man, keep sowing peace. You get your feelings hurt, work through that, grow through that, and keep extending peace and keep extending mercy. That's what it means to be Christ's representative. The second person that kind of gets their feelings hurt is a person that hey, brings their past everywhere with, them, everywhere with them. Some of you, somebody was talking to you and they called you crazy and it made you so upset. Well, I had an ex-boyfriend five years ago that called me crazy and he called me psycho and so then I showed him what was psycho and now you're up there, you're calling me crazy and my feelings are hurt so I'm about to show you crazy. Whoa, 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 whoa. Calm down (laughs) just a second. Don't bring all your past problems into present situations and present relationships and expect something different. Man, let that thing, like Elsa said, let that go, you know, and (laughs) walk into what? There's some deep theology right there, I know. It's almost as good as Taylor Swift. Um, But Leave that behind you so you can experience mercy in your new relationships and the new situations that God has brought to you. And the third one is this, is that offense is always ready to fight and argue rather than forgive and move on. Some of you, you are ready for a good old fight, right? You're like, man, there's nothing that makes me happier than when I get to fight and I get to prove my point. Man, some of you are really, some of us are really good at arguing. And like your, your, the, your child, your coworker, your friend, your spouse is making their counter argument to you. And you already have a diagram with subpoints supported by scripture for all your like rebuttal to them. Like you are ready to go. I mean, and you're just, but that's not mercy. That's not mercy. Mercy is more about the relationship than being right. The other, this week, we're at staff lunch, going Tuesday. I pull out, and this guy thinks I'm going to hit him. I'm not going to hit him. I'm in my own lane. Didn't do anything wrong. But, hey, this guy and, and, and this Honda gets, oh, I mean, goes crazy. Bobby Ross and Victoria and I think Sammy are in my car. He throws his hands up, like honks the horn, gives some sign language, and it's like, ah! And, I mean, it ruins his drive for at least a good five minutes. And, I mean, I'm over there, like, Bobby's laughing, I'm laughing. We're like, this is crazy. Like, you know, he looks at us, we're like, <laughs> and he's, like, upset, and somebody else cuts him off, and you can see his hands just, are you kidding me? right now, you know. I was like, he's getting the glory up there, praising the Lord, getting it. He's ready to fight. He's ready to get after it. Can I tell you that's not being merciful? It's not. It's getting offended. And some of us, we get offended at the thought of what we think someone's going to do. Oh, well, you're, you're going to, do, but, but mercy is giving the benefit of the doubt instead of expecting the worst. That's mercy, that's who we're called. But I'm gonna get taken advantage of. Once again, that's not mercy, it's not about you, it's about them. And here's the deal, what mercy really is about, it's about giving, mercy is giving people what they need instead of what they deserve. It's giving people what they need instead of what they deserve. Ephesians chapter four, verse 31 through 32 says, stop being bitter and angry and mad at others. 
Don't yell at one another or curse each other. And this one's tough. Or ever be rude. Instead, be kind and merciful and forgive others. Just as God forgave you because of Christ. Mercy is giving people what they need instead of what they deserve. I kind of relate this to trick-or-treating. If you're late coming to my house and I've got a lot of good candy, you come to my house and I'm the one in charge of the candy bowl, I'm giving you all the Whoppers and I'm giving you the Milky Ways because let's be honest, Milky Ways is just a disappointing Snickers, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's true, it's true. Whopper's like a little bit of chocolate with air. I'm like, who wants a Whopper? I'm keeping all the Snickers and the Reese's peanut butter cups and the peanut M&Ms and the Kit Kats and the Twix in my bucket. And if I really hit the, like the lottery, I got a little Almond Joy and like Heath Toffee bars in there somewhere, right? You have, you have all the good and plenties you want, but I'm gonna keep what is good right here. But, but mercy is giving them what's best. It's giving what you want to keep because you're in a position to keep it and giving it anyways. Mercy is extent, not, not giving them what they deserve. Oh, you're just lucky to have some candy, kid. You got here way too late, you know. Um, it's not about giving them what they deserve. It's about giving them what they need. It's about giving them a second chance. And when they blow the second chance, give them a third chance. It's about giving them patience when they deserve harshness. It's when you're in the position to crush them that you extend mercy and patience and compassion because you're willing to be. Even though they've annoyed you and they've provoked you. You hear it said all the time, don't poke the bear. This is saying somebody can poke the bear and they still get to live. That's mercy. And some of us, we've gotten a little low on this. Can I tell you, God has a a, a crazy timing for when he has me preach messages because they seem to always be applicable to me. And for me, I've gotten a little low on mercy. Not not purposefully. I just kind of came a little bit of the end of myself, and I need a whole lot more Jesus. And Jesus says this, man, you may not feel like it, you may not want to do it, and I'm, I'm finishing, I'm, I'm, I'm done, I gotta be done. But he says this when it comes to Christianity and follow him, if we're really gonna be representatives of him, you may not feel like this message, you may say, but just you don't know my situation, you don't know how much I've been provoked, you don't know how much I have been annoyed by this person, but he says this, if Christ is gonna increase, then I must decrease. Yeah, meaning that it's not about me, it's about him. I know my role and I realize it's not about me. He also said this, if you're gonna really follow me to the rich young ruler, right? Talking about, so you wanna be rich? To the rich young ruler, somebody very similar to any of us that would be in here. If you're gonna follow me, you gotta deny yourself. You gotta pick up your cross. You gotta follow after me. And you can't follow after me until you do the first two things. That's mercy. That's what it means to be Christ's representative. That's what he wants us 
to be rich in. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. And we thank you for today. And God, I just come before you uh, this morning. And Lord, I've, I've, I've run low on the basics. God, the vanilla ice cream of Christianity, <laughs> the fried chicken of what it means to follow you, mercy. Somewhere along the line, man, I've just found myself being annoyed more than being merciful. And Lord, we can excuse it. We can say, well, we're tired, we're stressed, we're this, we've just got so much going on. But once again, that makes it about us. And that's not mercy. And that's not what your word says about in Ephesians. That's being busy and that's making it all about me being consumed with my world instead of me being a representative to yours. And so God, I pray this, this prayer for every single person that's in this place, that Lord, they're just running low. Whatever, whatever the reasoning is, they're just running low in this area. They got somewhere we would stop And you'd simply remind us how merciful you've been to us. Because Lord, the simple truth is I forget what I should remember and I remember what I should forget all the time. So Lord, let me place myself once again at the foot of the cross and realize, God, I didn't deserve mercy. I didn't deserve for you to look at life through my perspective. I deserved for you to look down on me. God, I, I didn't deserve for you to leave heaven. I deserve for you to be too busy to look up and see what I needed. I didn't deserve what you gave me. I deserved what I deserved. And yet you extended mercy so I could be new. So I could have new chances and new days. And your word says the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. And the only way I can be rich in mercy is to be rich in your presence. God, is to get into your presence and say, work in me to make me more like you. And so, Lord, I pray that in this place, God, that we would just be willing to be patient, to be self-controlled, and to show compassion. Even when we're subject to being annoyed and being provoked. Because Lord, the reality is you've called us to be your representative. You've called us to be you with skin on, to speak for you and to act on your behalf to this world that you love so much. And so Lord, I pray that in this place we would understand our role and we would own it. And we would understand it is so much bigger than us. Let us truly learn what it means to be rich in mercy. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here, and you say, Justin, I'm here, and man, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. We want to give you that chance. 
if you're here today, you say, you know, I just need to come back to Jesus Christ because where I'm at, I, I, I drifted somewhere and I just need to recommit my life to him. When I count to three, I just want you to raise your hand and we're gonna lead you in a prayer that will change your life. One, two, three. Is there anyone here in this place? Yeah, there's one hand, there's two hands. Is there anyone else you join these two hands? Yeah, there's three hands. Is there anyone else you join these three hands? There's four hands. Is there anyone else this morning you say, Justin, that's me. I want to join these four hands that are lifted before we go any further in service. And you just say, man, there's a change. There's a change that needs to happen in me. You join these four hands before we go any further in service. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me. I mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today. And I confess that I've sinned and that I've messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. God, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these four individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions, are in need of prayer, or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.